Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Screen Strong Families podcast, bringing you the best solutions for parents who are serious about eliminating screen conflicts in their home. My name is Evan Hempy. And I'm Andrew Hempy. And today, we're going to be discussing and going through um, a few responses to common questions from parents um, about our experiences growing up without video games, smartphones, or social media. Currently, we are juniors in high school and have grown up without smartphones. Ninth grade, we got a talk and text gab phone uh, that does not allow media or internet or anything like that. Yep, that was when we were just 15. So instead of spending time on video games um, and social media, another time-consuming Uh, screen-oriented habits, we've developed many hobbies and extracurricular activities, which the majority of them include playing sports like baseball, basketball, running cross-country. Both of us play the violin and the piano and participate in an orchestra here in Charlotte. But we have various other habits and and things of, of that sort that help us to diversify our lives and spend our time developing new skills rather than um, draining our hours on a screen. So Evan, if you want to get us started with that, with the first question today. So the question is, do either of you ever feel like you're being punished by not having video games or smartphones or social media? So if you want to go ahead and answer that. This question relates to, I think, a lot of the guilt that some parents feel when their kids say they hate them or something like that um, because they, they choose to take away social media or sometimes even just the fear parents have that because they choose to be different and to make that hard loving decision to take screens away from um, or those those negative screen habits to free their kids from those um, that their kids will then in turn um, feel punished or um, feel like their parents don't love them um, just speaking from experience um, in our lives growing up without this ex- excessive screen use sure it was frustrating for us but at the same time, that the peak of that frustration was when we were in middle school. So I think that provides a little bit of perspective in terms of the degree and the validity of that frustration when, when you consider the fact that middle schoolers in general, we don't take a lot of the most pressing matters in the world to be answered by middle schoolers, just, a, just an example. But in middle school, we, were, we thought that for whatever reason that our parents just wanted to make our lives horrible. But as soon as we made it through that, that rough spot, we started to realize how our parents choosing to raise us differently was really just a reflection of how much they loved us and how much they were willing to endure even the most brutal complaints and uh, frustration from us um, because they knew what was best for us and because they knew the best way to raise us. Yeah. And just to add, it's, it's kind of in a way, like you said, where the parents know better than the kids, but the kids are always going to think that they know what's better for them, but they aren't, they're not looking down the line how they're going to turn out. But the parents, they always should have what's best in mind for them and what's going to pay uh, dividends in the future. And giving a screen is just is not, is not going to build those, those good relationships. And the thing is about relationships is it's, it's going to be hard. Relationships are never easy. And so there's going to be hard times where uh, there's going to be, there's going to be fights. There's going to be, uh, just some tussles, not physically, but verbally often. And a good relationship comes out of the back end of that. And I think that's, that is really important for parents to understand that it's okay. There's going to be some friction when they do take away uh, those video games and those smartphones, but it's ultimately going to turn out for the best for the kid. 
Moving on to the next question is regarding homework. So my high schooler complains a lot about the amount of homework they have. Do kids have to use smartphones the whole time they are doing homework? This is a question that I've, I've always found funny in general. Obviously, Evan and I are both in high school right now. So we, we hear all the complaints that students or our own classmates and friends even will will constantly spew out, oh, I didn't get to sleep until 3 a.m. because of my Latin homework or something stupid like that. But um, just to share a little bit about our lives, I, I already described some of the extracurricular activities that Evan and I participate in. And on top of that, um, both of us take very uh, rigorous classes at school, and that's not to toot our own horns, so to speak, but it's to show that a lot of the complaints about having too much homework or things like that, or not having enough time to study for a test or or other school-related activities. Evan and I have never historically had a significant problem with that at all, even when we both take nearly the most difficult course loads that our school offers, in addition to the sports and music and wide variety of uh, extracurricular activities we do. Um, And interestingly, I think we still get more sleep than a lot of the people in our grade. People ask us all the time, how how do you ever have time to do anything? How do you have a social life? How do you get out of your house if you're constantly having to do um, homework and all these things? And I think that's just because the, the way Evan and I have been raised and um, we've just learned how to manage time well. I can tell you right now, a smartphone is not the best way to learn that. From what I've heard from classmates, the time it takes to do a single assignment gets multiplied and increases even exponentially um, when you have a smartphone by your side. And I think that's just a lot of a lot of our classmates have gone through middle school and high school always having those distractions right next to them and they've just come to accept it as reality, just come to believe that, oh, the teachers need to assign less homework to accommodate my screen time rather than the other way around. So just kind of shining shining light on that subject of homework. I, I've always kind of chuckled at that because homework isn't has never really been has never been a significant problem in, in Evan and I's life. So I'll kick us off with the next question. Um, this is a quote from a parent on the Facebook group. My daughter rarely spends time with our family, choosing to stay on her smartphone all the time. She says this is what all her friends do. From your perspective as teens, do you think it's pretty normal for teens not to talk with or hang out with their parents much? So, yeah, sadly, that is becoming more and more common today. And I think one thing that I know our family always does and that's uh, been really, really important is at the end of every day, we always eat as a family, distraction free. That's really healthy because you're building just relationships with your uh, with your parents and just dissecting what went on in the day for everyone and just learning how to listen and to conversate. And you just grow closer together. But uh Today as teenagers, that's just it's it becomes so easy for us to just not want to put off our parents and to not want to take what they have uh, to say to pour into our lives. And so I think sadly it's pretty normal now for teens because of this age of smartphones not to talk. Well, it's common. I I don't want it to be normal, but it's common. And so what's scary is that it might become normal. But from Andrew and I's perspective having the family dinner and just having the bonding without that distraction is just is just so huge at the end of every day um being able to just dive into those dive into those relationships and just learn from mom and dad's life experience because they've just been around a lot longer than we have and there's nothing really new under the sun i mean every everything 
comes to each generation in different ways. Obviously, they didn't grow up with smartphones, but the the social aspect and just teenagers rarely change. And so they just, the, the experience that they have that they're able to give us is just really important. I think for for teens just to be missing out on that is, is just really, it's a, it's a big hole and it, it can't be filled other than uh, with their parents' guidance and experience. Yeah, I think another uh, topic that this question kind of um, touches on um, is a lot of the lack of communication skills and the inability of a lot of young people our age to communicate effectively in person. Um, And I think a contributing factor to that is a lot of times just the fact that people don't even communicate within their own households anymore, um, that people don't even talk to their families. And so when you consider that as really the reality that it has become because of uh, just smartphone and video game overuse, I, I don't think it's too much of a head scratcher to see why the teens and the, the adolescents who aren't even able to communicate with their families effectively are pretty lost in the real world when it comes to effective communication. I think it is crucial. It is simply crucial that families share time together on a daily basis. We'll sit down for dinner and we might have a heavier homework load or we might be coming back from a long sports practice or something, but it, our, our dinner conversation, it never feels forced. We are never rushing to get up from the table or, or anything of that sort. We, even, we talk about difficult things as a family. And I think these are, these are just developmental and familial bonds that, that are crucial for, for teenagers because we don't have it all figured out, neither do our parents, but they're a lot closer than we are. Your family and your parents always love you more than those artificial relationships you think you're missing out on on a screen. And, and kind of related to this question is the, the common bifurcation between girls struggle with social media addiction and, and boys addictions to video games. And so I think there's a lot of neuroscience that explains this that I know um, mom has uncovered and, and started to explain a lot even to us. But I think part of the reason that girls tend to struggle more with social media overdose as contrary to boys addiction to video games is just because of the neurological tendencies of girls and boys. I think girls are a lot more socially oriented. I, I don't think it's, you know, I don't think you have to look too far to realize that as, as the reality and boys are uh, very hyper competitive and we, we love competition. We love battling it out with one another the so- social media targets more of that, I mean, social aspect. It's in the name even, and video games are highly competitive and intense. And so I think that kind of ex- begins to explain some of the tendencies uh, on that front. But uh, yeah, Evan, you want to lead us into the next question? Yeah. So this next question talks about just driving in general. So the quote is, you're driving now and don't you feel like you need a smartphone so that you can have a GPS or some other form of navigation system? Do you want to start that off or do you want me to go ahead? Sure. Sure. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll begin and you can follow up. So we are, we are driving. We've been driving for, uh, I think over almost two years now or a year and a half to two years. Um, if you include all the time with permits and everything, but yeah, we do, we have our licenses. And so that means that we're driving a lot of times to places that we aren't familiar with. Um, if we're meeting up with friends or something and not having smartphones, we don't have 
um, Google Maps or Waze available to us. But I think one, one just life skill that Evan and I have gained from that is just the ability to know where we are, have a sense of direction and find our way around using whatever knowledge we do know. And even supplementing that with, get this, paper maps. Our, our mom got for us, it, kind of as a joke, but it's also been very helpful, helpful a Rand McNally map of, of Charlotte. And so just kind of enjoying, sometimes it's even just fun to look at, call me a nerd, but we've been able to use that to help us find our way around um, or gain a sense of direction and things like that. And just, it, it really is a valuable life skill to be able to find your way around without that dependency on Google Maps or, or smartphone for a sense of direction. I think there's even a, a symbol, a symbolism that could be detected in that um, in not needing your smartphone to find direction in life. There's a little bit of a, a metaphor for you, but I think that 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 is very applicable in, in this situation of as it relates to driving. So any other thoughts there, Evan? We have it so good now with all the GPS and everyone's just, no one knows, no one pays attention to their surroundings. And I think, I think it's just important to, with the map, you, you, you just learn, you pick up on your surroundings better. And it's, you know, they didn't always have GPS, so we're not going to be lost without it. People, people made it around and they, and they traveled for miles and miles and miles without GPS. So I think it's just a lot of fun to pick up on that skill. And then, like you said, to just not need the smartphone. So, yeah. 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 Um, many of our friends, struggle sometimes even to find their way home from school. And I mean, that's fortunately Evan and I have kind of been forced into that, that life skill, but it's definitely been, definitely been a blessing for us. But um, so I'll read, I'll read this next quote that leads into the, the next topic. So here's a quote from another parent on the Facebook group. I believe if I don't give my high schooler access to a smartphone and social media, they will stay in a bubble and not be prepared for the real world. Do you feel like you live in a bubble or do you feel sheltered because you do not have social media? I would say not at all. I mean, you go through a phase in middle school where you feel like you're missing out on stuff, but what you're missing out on is not what's important in life. I feel not having social media is you connect with people better. And that's really, that's, that's not living in a bubble when you're connecting with people and you're not just in a virtual world, making like virtual friends that you barely even know that's that's how you just that's how you connect and that's that's how you break out of your quote-unquote bubble and so I don't totally understand this whole sheltered idea I think it's kind of a I think it's pretty much a big myth because I think that it's it has the opposite effect where putting your kids online and not causing them to have to meet to learn how to meet people and just have real real life experiences with people that honestly, I think is is doing more of the sheltering and the bubbling in than not giving them a smartphone and social media because they'll connect more and they'll just be able to be more personable with people. And that's how that's how that's how real life is. And you're not always gonna just be on social media your whole life. You're gonna have to go in for an interview with people. You're gonna have to be able to look them in the eye. You're gonna have to be able to just have these basic people skills that if without social media are just much more easy to obtain. And I think Andrew and I both have experienced that. Like Evan mentioned, this whole idea of sheltering has kind of become a buzzword for a lot of parents and and a weapon for kids to use against their parents today. Um, and I think one thing, it's interesting if you just take a step back and you, you really think about what the word says, I think it's a shame that there's not as, I mean, 
hold up for a second here, but I am really saying this. I think it's a shame that there's not as much sheltering as there should be. Obviously, um, it's good for for us to have real world experience without social media and things like that. Maybe I'm not saying this quite the way I mean to, but in a sense, we've lost childhood and childhood has been annihilated as kids are now given access to endless resources, including terrible content and really just toxic material online in really just unfulfilling relationships. In in a sense, childhood has been lost because there's a lack of sheltering. I mean, in, in reality, maybe sheltering is too strong of a word, but parents are supposed to protect their children. We're not ready to be thrown out into the world yet. And so I, I think sometimes the word sheltered is weaponized and used against parents. Oh, you, oh, you're sheltering me or you're not letting me be myself. And it is necessary for parents not to um, be overbearing or um, extremely overprotective, of course. But I think there's also an aspect that often gets overlooked of just the fact that teens are still not adults. We are not ready for absolutely all of the evil and horrible things that the world can throw at us. That's an area that parents can step up in and that our parents definitely have is shielding in some ways, shielding the excessive harmful content that can be accessed through technology. Yeah, that's kind of the flip side of that coin. Um, I don't believe Evan and I are sheltered. I do believe we are protected, though. That's really something we've benefited a lot from in the way we've been raised. Those are just kind of some of my last thoughts on that topic. But um, yeah, Evan, you want to read the next read the next quote for us? Yeah, so the next one is a uh, quote regarding video games. So do you feel left out because you do not play video games? My middle school son says he will have no friends if he does not play games. How did you get through that feeling? And what can this person tell their middle school son? So if you want to go ahead and start off. This is a, this is another tool in the in the bag of a middle school boy for uh, to speak uh, metaphorically that often gets used against their parents to try and guilt trip their parents into giving them that gaming console because oh I won't have a social life or I'll just be all by myself all the time if I don't have these video games and in some way it's sad because that's where a lot of kids are spending their time these days. But I think it, this is not sort of the, if you can't fight them, join them type issue here. This is a, if you stand up for what's truly valuable in childhood, hanging out with friends in person, face to face, constantly having that screen as the mediator between you, the vessel between or the vessel through which all of your relationships exist. I think having those those experiences are just so much more valuable. And really, I've been told this many times by adults and even even many of my peers how I'm really not missing out. And and neither are your your middle school sons out there and, and daughters as well that think they're missing out because they don't have those video games to quote unquote keep in touch. Even many of my friends today who may have, they might have often played video games or things like that, their, their parents have been pleasantly surprised by the fact that they've suggested, hey, let's, let's, sell, that, let's sell that console. I, I don't really need it anymore. And a lot of times come high school, a lot of people, once, pe- once people start to mature, it, it becomes more obvious that it really, video games really are just a waste of time. 
a little bit, I might've strayed a little bit off the path of that question there, but Evan, do you have any other thoughts relating to that? Well, yeah. And it's just uh, talking about how these, this, this false notion that video games build relationships. It just, it creates more isolation. Like you said, I mean, you're not forming real relationships and how you make friends is you go outside, you get sweaty, you, you run around with, with these buddies that you're, that, that you're, you're all, you're, you know, you're scraping your knees and you're out, you're just outside, you're, you're getting tougher. And when you get tougher with these people, it builds closer, closer relationships. And what video games do is they just, they bring out the worst in people, they bring out anger. And then that really just severs the relationship. If it was even there at all, it just creates more isolation because people go home and they play by themselves, usually in a dark basement and they're talking quote unquote with their friends, but they're not with them. They're not looking them in the eye. They're not creating those people skills that are just so important. So these video games, the fact that it, it feels that way, that they'll have no friends just isn't true. And it's, it's sad because if those are the only, if those are the only way they'll make friends and those, those, they aren't real friends. There are plenty of real friends for everybody out there. And I believe, and so, um, playing video games to form those friendships is just, it's, it's not, it's not the best way at all. Yeah. I want to jump in with, with one additional comment there. Um, something that just came to mind is that people just assume that all of the quote unquote friendships, quote unquote relationships, supposed communication that occurs via video games is all good. And I, I think that's really just silly to believe that that communication, even if there is some that occurs through a video game, by no means is that going to be 100% beneficial or good for for a middle school boy. Undoubtedly, there's tons of negative influence um, that can be encountered and even through the communication aspects of video games. And that's just another sort of another aspect of that iceberg that that often gets overlooked. Next is to share a tip. So can you share a tip to encourage the parents who are really struggling with screen conflict in their home? I would say be okay with the with the pushback and the friction um, that your kid is going to have because middle school, especially in just high school, and we're we're all immature and we all don't know what's best for us. And so, this plan to take away screens and to build real relationships with people it's not easy, and it's just one of those aspects of life where it's just you you got to do hard things to become to become good at them and. Just that that friction and that that insecurity inside the middle schooler because and they're they're going to be angry they're going to be indignant towards you and it just I I guess the best advice to the parents is just uh, stick to your guns and just just hold your ground put your foot down be the parent you don't want to bend to the will of especially not your children or even other parents around you because there's it's very it's a lot easier to just hand your kid an iPad and just be done with it but I think the important thing with parenting is to be able to to put up with the difficult kid because they're not that I've done it, but I'm sure it's not easy to raise a parent. I know it was, or to be a parent, not raise a parent. I know it wasn't easy to raise me and it's still not. And so just to embrace that difficulty, embrace that tension, because ultimately that just builds stronger relationships. Uh, That's my tip. What do you, what do you have, Andrew? One just reminder and piece of encouragement for parents out there is feel free to play the parent card. One unfortunate aspect of cultural shifts that we've seen in in recent years is that there's been this odd reconfiguration of the family where now the children are placed on the top of the pedestal. um, And it's kind of the parents who are 
supposed to be available at every whim and fancy of the child to um, make sure they're perfectly comfortable and always happy. Um, And I think that has really, really just hurt my generation and those that are slightly younger than me. I think it's crucial for the health of the family and the developmental health of the, the, the teenager, the child to have loving yet firm parents. I think tough love is immensely valuable and it's often overlooked today. A lot, I think a lot of parents are scared to play that trump card because they think that they're, oh, my kids will just think I'm domineering or my kids will um, become whatever renegade children or something like that. And a lot of times kids just want their parents to show them that they love them enough to put their foot down. True parental love is not constant validation. It's not constant acquiescence to every whim of of a child. Sometimes it means putting your foot down saying, I'm the parent. I know what's best for you. Believe it or not, like I know more than you do as, as the middle school or lower school or high school that you are. And one thing mom would always say to us that, that was really, I mean, we couldn't really reply to it was, well, when you're 18, when you're an adult and when you know what's best for you, then I'll let you make those decisions for yourself. And for the longest time, Evan and I just thought that those years were dragging on and, oh, just wait another seven years and we'll be able to get video games and a smartphone and do all these things on our own. And I think as time has has unfolded and, and continued, we've really come to realize that as regretfully at first as we admitted it, mom was right all along. And I think that this is really something that families can benefit from and grow through so much is just by parents being parents, you know, just, just being willing to step up and love your child enough to say no. So yeah, that's, that's kind of my concluding thought. That was a little bit of a theme through a lot of the responses today as well. But um, I think that's very valuable, a very valuable takeaway. All right. Well, we hope you all enjoyed listening today. Uh, Please subscribe, rate, and share this podcast. Yeah. And Evan and I will continue to, we love to answer your questions. Be sure to email them to team at screenstrong.com or post them in the ScreenStrong Family's Facebook group. And we'll make sure to get back to you about those. So until next time, stand up for your kids. They need you more than they need their devices. And be willing to stand out from the crowd. Don't be afraid to be different. Stay strong.